Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britton. Since January 1st, 2021, we've been listening to music that came out in, in 2021. 2021. And today we're here with some friends to talk about 10 of our favorite albums from the last year. Each. Each. This is Getting Album. End of the Year Oh my gosh, we're here, we're back again. We did one episode of this, and we're here to do another episode of this. This is part two of, guess what, two. So it's the finale. The finale. This is the second act. The second act of our um, album of the year podcast double episode. Yeah, you I, can say that again. I, I, that was actually weirdly difficult to say. Yeah, um, I, I said you can say that again. Please no, again. I, I'm not going to say it again. Don't, <laughs> don't ask me to do that. Um, <laughs> um, one thing that I have found very interesting mm-hmm. this uh, about uh, the albums that we've covered is just the diversity of them. Yeah. Um, and today we're here to talk about 13 more albums. Um from from us and from our friends and that's really cool that's pretty neat huh uh brit i really enjoyed listening to all these albums and i really liked having an excuse to be really like caught up Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm probably i'm not caught up you know realistically but i feel like i'm way more caught up Mm -hmm. at this point in the year than i typically am and i think that that's really nice yeah um yeah, and so like, here's a picture, a preview of all the albums we're here to talk about today. Indeed. There's 13 that, of them. That is all of them. It's a fucking lot. Um, yep. So, general impressions of this back half. What do you think? Back half was really good. It's I, really I honestly, stacked. I, I, yeah, it's, I, w- it's I would really say, stacked. honestly, I probably, no, I, I liked this probably about as much as the first half. Agreed. Same. I mean, there, there were some bangers on here. There was a couple albums I really just wasn't into mm-hmm. uh but for the most part i mean i will say the um the production on all of these albums like mm. like by and large the production on the back half of our album of the year albums is much better than the first half interesting it's all of these albums i thought were at least very very well produced if anything sure yeah i don't, I don't think i would, I would looking, looking you know this, yeah th- I think that's funny of them were really well produced because like one of the um one of my notes mm-hmm. on every single album I yeah. think that we listened to today is like, wow, this sounds really good. Yeah, no, the, the, the uh, just like the yeah the, the actual production on everything was so good on all of these albums. I gotta say, yeah, uh, very well produced. You know, let's let's just get rid of the pleasantries. Let's just yeah. dig in. Yeah, Brit, let's do it. Let's do your number five pick, Brit. Yes, Brit, what is your number five pick? Uh, this is Mock Homies Pray for Haiti. And uh, this one, this is an artist that has just never been on my radar. Yeah, um, I, I had never heard of this I, artist I hadn't before. heard of them before. Uh, this album was released on August 2nd. And um, I I think I saw it on Reddit's Listen to This back what then. Is, what is that? Um, what is Reddit's? Reddit r slash listen to this. It's, oh. it's, a, it's a pretty cool um, subreddit that's just, I mean, the rules are basically like, you can't post like popular music. You just have to post like music you think is cool that is like relatively obscure. Yeah, you want to like you know show people. And okay. this was, and uh, there was a track cool. uh, of this on there, and 
Like I listened to it and I was like, this is really cool. It's like a lot of classic samples. Yeah. And, and one thing, this actually, I didn't uh, listen to Tyler, the creator's Call Me If You Get Lost until last week. Mm -hmm. And the two of them remind me a lot of each other. Yeah. Uh, so for the people listening at home, what kind of music is this? Like, this what is, is hip hop. This? Yeah. This is, this is hip hop, but most of the samples are like classic film stuff. And like... Uh, they're very like soundtracky. They sound like they're from like old Kung Fu films or something like that. Mm -hmm. And in as much, it's like, I feel like Tyler, the creator and this album are really taking hip hop back to kind of, you know, like older Wu-Tang stuff where it's sure. all like I can old see that. soundtrack stuff with yeah. like really raw, cool beats. Yeah. There's um, a, like the windows, uh, 90, uh, 98 opening is in track three yes yeah yeah you're uh, right yeah, yeah. i noticed that sample yeah, which, which right away we because used. we've also used the same sample yes, in a song yeah indeed and yeah. i was like oh there's there's that windows opening you yeah know, which is pretty fun yeah what, what do you think of the album uh, i really really enjoyed it yeah. i thought it was great mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's very it's very diverse mm -hmm. um which is nice and that that was that's another theme i think of uh uh not all but a lot of the albums we listened to this mm -hmm. week is there's a lot of diversity in the in the type of music and this one is not as all over the place. And I, I don't mean all over the place in a negative way, but it yeah. just, it's not as, you know, incredibly diverse and like experimental. It, yeah. It's not yeah. as experimental as something like, um, like the Tyler, the creator record. I, I, I feel like agree with that. Yeah. I, I feel like that one is a, a bit more like, uh, it's just a different take on yeah, it, but it's, it, it's but they do, have, so, they, they, but I would say that they're like tangential, you know, right, they, right. they're complementary of each I, other. I, I feel like if you put a whole lot more of like Noss's nineties material and the, in the kind of the style and flow sure. had in the nineties mm -hmm. into the Tyler, the creator album, you'd get this album. Yeah. Yeah. You'd like, get something a lot the, closer this, to this. This yeah, is a for very sure. like storyteller type album. It is. And it's also like, and again, this is not mm -hmm. in, meant in a negative way, but yeah. it's more straightforward and more yeah. like, uh, it, it has a unique sound. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't, yeah. but it, it's more like, if it's more like somebody that listens to 90s hip hop. It's mm -hmm. more like what they would expect out of a hip hop album than yeah, somebody that definitely. listens to like modern hip hop. It's a, it's a little bit more of a throwback. It, it, it's yeah, not, it's, it's not a, a throwback, both, though. but it's, yeah, it is a little yeah. bit of both. And it definitely, it feels fresh. Mm -hmm. It feels modern. Uh, but it also feels like kind of it's 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 relying on tropes in a good way. It's like mm -hmm. using those good tropes and, and it's creative and and I liked it. I really I thought the beats were great and I I liked that they sampled the windows uh, start shine. Hell That's yeah. nice. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a great record. I thought it was really really awesome. Yeah, I'd uh, I would definitely recommend this, especially if you're a fan of like. Uh, Earl Sweatshirt's newer stuff. It does. It did remind uh, me a bit and of also Earl Sweatshirt. Like, you know, Nas's 90s stuff. Like, it, it's kind of a mashup of those two very distinct, unique styles. And it's a, it's a, just a damn good hip hop album. It Looks is a, like it is a damn good hip hop through, album. Yeah. There's no stinkers of tracks. And a huge shout out to Westside Gun, who I had never really heard of before this mm -hmm. album, but he has three features on the album and all of them are amazing. Like, nice. Really great verses. That rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell Kicking yeah. things off with like just a banger. Yeah, We'd yeah. love to see it. Let's move on here to my number five pick, mm -hmm. which is. <laughs> Am I going to announce your number five oh, pick? Oh, I, I just like, that's what we were doing last Spencer. time. Like, what's your number five pick? Uh, my number five pick is Talk Memory by Bad Bad Not Good. Released on October 8th of this year. Yeah. Relatively recently. Um, I. I have followed this band for a very long time. That's what um, I, yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I followed this band since their original, like, demo releases, mm -hmm. which are not even online anymore, which is crazy. Yeah, I, or I, they're not on streaming. I think I found um, out about them when they were working with, like, Tyler 
the creator after his uh, first album. Interesting. Like, yeah, I, I found yeah. out. I found out about these guys because their first two. I don't know if they're albums or EPs or mm. demos. I'm actually not sure, but Bad Bad Got Not Good 1 and 2 mm. um, were out at the time. I think 2 had just come out when I found them. And um, that was back when I was like downloading music. <laughs> this was like pre-streaming. This was a mm. long time ago. And um, I, I've just really liked this band for a long time. They, mm. they play like uh, instrumental hip hop slash yeah. acid jazz slash funk slash funk slash yeah. like atmospheric drum and bass like like basically, a lot of stuff i'd say like if you took like volpec and made them a like a, a backing band for a hip-hop group it, it, that'd be pretty much bad bad not good. sure yeah 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 i can like see that very like, bass and keyboard heavy funk to give you an uh, example like i first discovered this band because of their cover of nas's the world is yours oh nice um so that was the first song i ever mm-hmm. heard from them and they just did an instrumental cover of it yeah. which that's it's great iconic banger right. of a song so like that was just a cool way to discover these guys mm-hmm. i've liked everything they've put out since then mm-hmm. uh their the their most previous album so the one that came before this one the one that came before talk memory mm-hmm. I was not a huge fan of because it's very vocal centric. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of guest features on it and that, mm-hmm. that's cool. And, yeah. and like, it's still a good record, but it, it was not, I didn't like it as much cause I, I just prefer their instrumental music. Mm-hmm. And so this album talk memory is just a return to form in a tremendous way. Like they, it is, is this a return to form because I honestly, I've, I've only heard their stuff. That's like really upbeat, really funky, really hip hop based. And this was like this is a jazz album. This is a, this is a straight up a latter day like Coltrane album. This is like it is a jazz album. It's yeah. a, it's it's not exactly like free jazz or experimental jazz, but mm-hmm. it's like very loose modal jazz. Yeah, and it's really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I say Return to Form in the sense that yeah. like this album reminds me a bit of their my my favorite album of theirs, which is mm-hmm. Four, um, which came out quite a long time ago at this point. I think it came out twenty fourteen, mm-hmm. um, and I. All right, yeah, that might be three. I don't know. Um, either way, the I like that record a lot. This one reminds me of that one. It's a little less hip hop focused. It's more mm-hmm. jazz focused than that album, but it still does remind me of it here and there. And it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's and, really good. And so they, they actually have uh, several features on the album. They but, do of but, of of, of, in, of instrumentals of of instrumentals, but also like composers. Yes, like pretty well. Every single one of the guys they got to guest on the album mm-hmm. are also like composers a couple of them actually do like film soundtracks and stuff hmm. and so like this does have a very soundtracky feel it's it like, does yeah it's very like i don't know it's, it's very jazzy feels like 70s new york type jazz yeah it really does it feels, yeah. it, you know what it feels like it, mm. this feels like the sort of album that mm-hmm. if it had come out in like the 70s or 80s yeah. it would be heavily sampled for 90s hip-hop i, I was i was right? gonna say that and so so this actually i feel like almost thematically lives in the same area as the mock homie album and the Tyler, the creator album. I would agree because it's, it's very like throwback, but in a very polished modern way. Totally. Yeah. And it, it also like, it feels like, a, like you just said, it feels really modern, Yeah, <clears throat> which actually makes me, it reminds me a lot of another album that we listened to for this week, which is one that you recommended, which we'll talk about in a little bit, All but right. Um, it, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, totally. Uh, so it's got a, a lot of lineage, and it's just—I think it's a tremendous album. Like I—I mm-hmm. I, I like this band a lot, and like I was saying before, like this year was a year where I, you know, maybe didn't love some records from some bands I really like, mm-hmm. and this was a band I really like that released a record that I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. So hell yeah, hell yeah, that's what I think. All right, fuck yeah. Uh, why don't we talk about our uh, first guest album this week? 
Indeed. Let's do that. So I'm going to play a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Yo, what's good, Dev Dog? I'm um, oh, just up, calling to let y'all know about my favorite records of 2021. Oh, yeah. We got Method of Doubt, Staring at Patterns, Hardcore Punk out of Florida. It's not real heavy. It's just real vibey, fun, bouncy, introspective. It kicks ass. We got Lurk Around the Sun. There's a Chicago band, like post-punk. Um, it's real fun. They got. It's just weird, but it's cool. Kevin, their singer, has a really unique voice. I would implore everyone to check that out. Uh, Chemical Shade. Oh, what's the name of that record? Um, Our Shade Cast Far. Very pissed off, very fast. Hardcore out of um, Pennsylvania. It reminds me of Early American Nightmare. Um, Flashback, Wide Awake. They're a Canadian new metal band. Um, oh, yeah. If you're into, um, you know, C and D tier new metal that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> being pulled in a through a modern lens, I suggest you check that out. It's new metal, but not like Slipknot or Corn. Hell um, yeah, true. One step closer. Oh, what's the name of that record? Um, the place you know. We just did a tour with them. Record sounds great live. It's melodic hardcore punk with a little bit of emo and like indie feel to it. Um. We got some of the more smaller releases I really liked this year were, like, in terms of, like, EPs and demos. Spiritual Cramp, their new, um, I don't remember if it was a Flexi or a 7-inch, but their new album called, fuck, what's it called? I'm looking at my list right now. Um, Here Comes More Bad News. It's, like, really fun, bouncy, post-punk, kind of, like, Braddy, like, if the Clash, in my opinion, were good. Um, the Hush Money demo that is called Success Pool. That's another post-punk record. It's kind of got, like, a DC hardcore feel to it at times. It's great. Um, the new Fiddlehead record, Between the Richness, it's just really catchy post-hardcore, kind of like emo. Big fan if you like Texas is the reason or um like if, if Texas the reason was more aggressive, I would consider that. Um the new glitter record, Life is not a lesson, it's really poppy, kind of electro stuff from Ned who is in Title Fight. Um yeah, those are some of my favorite records that came out this year. Um there are some other good ones, but Thanks for having me call in. Maybe someone that's listening to this will enjoy it. That Flashback album, so Wide Awake by Flashback, is the album that we picked from Devin's recommendations to listen to today. Indeed. And, uh, okay, so you know how I said last week Mm -hmm. that so far there haven't been any albums that I would swap out on my list for an album? Yeah, yeah. Is this your first one? Did yes. You swap out. I so, I want to make this one of my top albums. Of so the year. Th- this, this album is, is fucking amazing. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> the only way I can describe it, and I think this is pretty succinct, is uh-huh. if Pod made a Lincoln Park album. Ah, that's an interesting take. Okay, it, it's definitely both of those bands are their biggest influences. Obviously, I would say this is uh this is. <laughs> This band is Turnstile if instead of Fugazi, they were obsessed with Limp Bizkit. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Because, like, I mean, the vocal, <laughs> the vocal delivery, like, they do a lot of, like, interesting synth stuff 
like reminiscent of um, uh, Lincoln Park. And then also like their vocal delivery and the guy who raps in there sounds so much like the guy from P.O.D. He also sounds a lot like fucking Fred Durst. Like he sounds a, a good he, bit. Like he, do, he doesn't sound as like. I don't know, like trashy as Fred Durst, though. Sure, he sounds more like a hardcore vocalist than Fred Durst, but yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, this band, they, this is a le- legitimate. Like, I would say this is more of a hardcore album than a new metal album, but it, you could no, consider it. This is a new metal. Yeah, album. yeah, it's a, it's a new metal. This album. is one hundred percent a new. Like metal there, album. there is literally that, turntable yeah, scratching. That's on how they it, advertise like, themselves, and that's another thing that made me think Lincoln Park. It's so, it's such a, a mashup of like all of the fun, stupid new metal mm-hmm. from like two thousand and one. But it's also like incredibly obvious that this music is being played by hardcore kids. Like yeah, they, uh, yeah. you can definitely yeah, tell. Right. Like yeah. there's that <clears throat> that that kind of lineage in it. Well, but the thing is, though, the only reason they're hardcore kids is because there's no such thing as a new metal kid. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, was, like I would say, modern hardcore kids are probably the closest thing to yeah, a new metal exactly. kid. And it, like, if they, yeah. if there was an actual like new metal scene for them to exist in, they mm-hmm. would have. Oh yeah, but for you sure. know, since you know, hardcore is probably the closest thing we've got thematically and like fan base wise to what new metal was now. Mm. It's angry yeah, white yes guys. And no. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all totally. angry white guy. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. No, in in that sense, absolutely. Yeah. That being said, though, like this album is really good. Like yeah, it, it's, it's really it's, it's, it's really fun. well it's really well mixed. It's a really interesting mix of genres. It's only like I think it's like twenty four minutes long or something. Yeah. It, like it's really it's like, like eleven tracks, but all of them yeah, are like three minutes long. At most. Totally. And like I also have to acknowledge the aesthetics of this are incredible. Like the album art looks yeah, like a cool. the album art looks like a ps1 like cg render for like the back of the box yeah and then like all the album titles are sorry all the song titles are incredible they're Mm -hmm. like it's like file names and then they have like the like dot whatever so they have like songs that are like dot tour Mm -hmm. and like dot yeah like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, and stuff like that and it's like it's just fun like Mm -hmm. that aesthetic like mixed with like the style of music that it is it was just like really fun and refreshing like i i really liked it honestly I'm going to straight up say this was a much better nostalgic new metal release than Limp yeah. Biscuit's album this year. It still sucks. I agree. Like uh, th- this this actually felt like it was made like it, it gave me nostalgia. It did. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's really interesting listening to music like this because like you and I we're getting to the age where like we lived through things old. that you mean old. We're getting old. We're getting old. We lived through <laughs> things that that like younger people are now taking inspiration from and right. like making things out of. And like this is an album like I don't know anything about this band, but I'm gonna assume these these folks are young. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I would guess they're probably in their twenties. Yeah, uh, and well, maybe early thirties. I feel like maybe the but, oldest they are is as old <clears throat> as us. Yeah, ab- there's no way this music was made by people older than us. Although like, I don't know, because like I mean, Chibs, his band does something kind of similar, and mm, he's older than us. That's true. Oh. That's true. I guess it could be. You know? That being said, though, you know. <laughs> It's interesting to have lived through new metal mm-hmm. and now to see it make like weird little splashes of comeback here and yeah. there. As like, a nostalgia genre. As a nostalgia genre. Right. This does it so much better than that the Limbiscuit record though. Like it, it does it's just it's fun, it's mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. It reminds me why people liked new metal in the first place. Yeah, hundred percent. And it and they got rid of all the like bad baggage, right? Like Yeah. No, no, it's in this album, like they're not they're not being shitty towards women. Yeah. Like they're not being like shitty aggressive assholes they're like, not they're not playing ballads at all they're no ballads no ballads yeah they, they understood the assignment they're like hey what's good about new metal exactly let's only make songs like that 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a banger. It, mm-hmm. it is a really cool record, yeah. and I cannot recommend it enough. Hell yeah. Hell cool. Yes. Let's, let's move, move on. Let's move on to your number, number four. four pick. Yeah. Um, what's your number four pick, Britt? This is Torn Arteries by Carcass, released on September 17th. Now, mm-hmm. this is the one that surprised me most, putting it on the list. I, I was surprised to see I this on your list I did not expect, as well. because... Uh, you know, I've got a, a long history with Carcass. Carcass is a very influential band, uh, and I realize their influence, but at the same time, I only like one album they've ever released, and that's Heartwork. Ew, it's the worst Carcass album. That's a great... I fucking hate that album. It's a great <laughs> melodic metal album. Uh, this Necroticism is the only good Carcass album. That's my opinion, but... That's that's fair. Not for me. Uh, Not for well, me. That's I, fair. It's fair. I, I don't love the, like, gore metal Carcass yeah, I, I like. I, yeah. I think they have a great ear for melody, mm-hmm. and they're like they're catchy metal. And mm-hmm. this is one of this is such a catchy metal album. It is. It's like the riffs are catchy, the vocals are catchy. Like this is the closest thing I've ever heard to like a pop death metal album. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like and and it surprised me listening to it. It was the and I only listened to it because I saw it on way too many like end of the year lists for like metal hmm. reviewers and like metal reviewers that I usually agree with. And I'm like, really? All right. And so I listened to it and, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a really fucking good album. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I enjoyed listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I think Carcass is incredibly boring. Like I, I, nothing that they really have done since Necroticism has appealed to me at all. Interesting. And uh, this album is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it sounds to me exactly like the album they put out in 2014, uh, which a lot of people really liked. And that mm-hmm. one was that in the same kind of way. It was yeah. one of those albums that was on a lot of lists mm-hmm. for that year. And one of my friends uh, actually like talked it up to me a lot. And mm-hmm. I just didn't really dig it and this Fair. one like it feels the same it is it is exactly what you said it is yeah. pop death metal yeah exactly and this is the sort of album that i would recommend to my mom that's uh funny. because i think like she listens to some metal which i think is really amusing she yeah. she loves shit like mashuga mm-hmm. and stuff like which like, i think is really funny like, and, but like this is an accessible extreme right. metal album that i think that very much so uh it, it has a broad appeal for you know some very specific reasons right mm-hmm. like because like you said it's catchy it's well produced, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the songs aren't too long. It doesn't overstay yeah. its welcome. Yeah. Like, it is very well made for what it is, mm-hmm. but what it is is not something that I like. That's fair. So that's kind of where also, I'm at with it. Also, <laughs> it is, in my opinion, besides Slaughter of the Soul, like, the best produced melodic death metal album I've heard. The production is so fucking good. Hmm. Like, everything has a, a great space to it. You can actually hear the bass which is yeah, you can. something, that is, that's something nice. you can never hear in, in melodic death metal, basically. It's uh, usually, yeah, it's not a common thing. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's not most of the time thing. it is yeah. like the kind of the slaughter of the soul setup, which is like, mm-hmm. you know, two distortion pl- pedals plugged into each other <laughs> going like DI. And it's, it's just like, what? Um, yeah, they just want the lowest yeah. frequencies possible and no, like nothing else. Th- this yeah. album is just, uh, this is probably the one that I would have removed uh, in lieu of the Turnstile album, Glow mm. On, no. uh, to make that my top album of the year. Um, sure. But sure. but it is, I mean, this is my number 10 of 10, but 
I'd still recommend it. Sure. And yeah. two, like you said, like people who like metal, yeah, but probably might have dropped off on the progression of metal after like thrash and Metallica. A thousand percent. Like uh, that's exactly like mm-hmm. what the, what I think this album is perfect for. One yeah. of the things that I thought about a lot while I was listening to it is is I was like, I bet this is the sort of record that's like singles from this are on a lot of those like playlists on streaming yeah, apps. Yeah, definitely. Like because an individual song from this album, I feel like is a lot. It has a lot more impact than the album as a whole. That's fair. Because it, That's fair. Like, the songs are very similar. And yeah. I don't say that in a negative way, but no. like the no. songs are very similar. Mm-hmm. And some of that impact is lessened, I feel like, when you listen to like a bunch of them in a row. But fair. if you were listening to this in like a playlist with other music, mm-hmm. like for like working out or something, I yeah. think it would be excellent. And I, I agree. Like the tracks don't feel necessarily like they were meant to be contiguous and part of an album effort. Yeah. But yeah. track for track, every track on the album's good. Yeah, so, I would agree with that yeah. statement, actually. Yeah, yeah totally. And I, I love the album art. I got to shout out to the awesome. album art. Yeah. So the album art is a it like what looks like a human heart, mm-hmm. but it is made out of vegetables. And I yeah. think that that's it's pretty really sick. fucking cool. That's Are like, they that, vegan or something? I don't think so. I wouldn't be surprised though. There's so many uh, vegan metal bands anymore. I guess there are. Mm. Well, so they're sort of yes and no. Like some of the bands that were known for that are no longer. And then like so, like cattle cattle decapitation. Well, they're like a totally different band. Now. They are like literally <laughs> a totally different. Like, that, that band sounds like fucking Cradle of Filth now. Like yeah, I don't know if you've listened to them no, recently, I have. but I like listened it's, to the, like their last album. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's different. So I hadn't like, listened to them since 2009, and mm-hmm. I saw them in 2019, right before COVID hit, and I hadn't listened to their oh, new album because yeah, yeah. I was there to see uh, somebody else. I don't remember. Um, but I was like, oh yeah, I'll watch Cattle Decapitation. It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I, they started playing, and there was like keyboards and like all this shit. And I was yeah. like, what the so fuck? I, like, I I saw them in two thousand nine in Denver, opening yeah. up for Mayhem. Yeah, oh tight. No, <laughs> Mayhem was fine. Dude, Mayhem's tight. They I were like, fine. I like Mayhem. They were fine. They like I don't know. Yeah. They, they put on an okay show. Yeah. Like uh, I, I I really liked Windier more. Who opened Ooh, up for them? Windier. Was wait, cool. what? Wind? No shit. Windier was great. In Dude, concert. I've never like they must. That must have been the only US tour they've ever done. That Probably, band is like yeah. that band's. That band is surprisingly obscure. For how many people I've known that likes them, yeah. that's uh, they're a surprisingly obscure band. Anyways, anyway, yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go to your number four pick. Let's move on. And also, uh, we uh, we have a message. We from do someone. Uh, hey, Brett. Hey, Spencer. This is Andrew. My favorite album of 2021 was Wild Hund by Lantlos. Uh, super dreamy, super catchy without being cheesy. Atmosphere is perfect uh i mean honestly waiting seven years for a new album to drop from him and not being disappointed at all kind of speaks for itself great album he too we love that i yeah. love andrew yeah, shout out I to w- andrew i would agree with uh, pretty much everything he said yeah, yeah. <laughs> i haven't heard what it is but i'm gonna agree with it uh my number nine pick mm-hmm. or uh, number nine my number four pick is wild hund by lantlos wild hund i'm not wild, sure wild hund released on july 30th of this year. So this album, mm-hmm. the announcement for this album came out with um, a music video and a single. Mm-hmm. Um, the single was for Lake Fantasy, which is the first song on the album. Yeah. Um, I think it's the first song on the album. I'm not actually sure about that. Uh, anyways, uh, that and when that song came out, and that came out pretty early in the year. I want to say that that came out in like February or like January or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like pretty early in the year. And when that came out, that just like rocked me and it, like i've liked this band for a long time like their melting sun was an incredible record even mm-hmm. the record before that i think was really good yeah. um 
But like that song, I was like, holy shit, if that's the direction they're going for this album, I'm going to love this album. And mm-hmm. you know what? I fucking loved this album. Like, yeah. I listened to it a fucking ton. So for, for anybody who doesn't know, Lantlos is a band that used to be a post-black metal band, and they and, are now like a post-metal band. If, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, also when they were uh, like post-black metal, they, uh, he was collaborating with a guy from Alcest. Uh, I don't know anything about that. And recently uh, they had like an artistic split and he no longer works with them. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that he had anything to do with the guy from, La- from uh, Alcest, Niche. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Uh but yeah, dude, this this record's tremendous. It, it is a it is a very mature album, which I, mm-hmm. I think is cool. Like hearing their sound like evolve over a couple of records has been really cool. Mm-hmm. And this is the first album they've put out since 2014. So oh, it's wow. been like quite some time. And uh yeah, it's 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 great. My only criticism with the album <laughs> is that uh in a lot of the songs, the Drum mix is weird to me because the uh, the symbols are gated to the snare and yes, and are. kick. I noticed that, which was interesting. Which was interesting, so, and I don't know how I feel about it. But so everything else is great. the The production I thought was super interesting because obviously, like this, I mean, this isn't a metal album anymore. Lantlos used mm, to be. I think it's metal a post. I, I, would, I would call it a post metal album. It would be post metal sure. at most. I mean, a lot of it almost to me sounded like like modern shoegaze, like hum and stuff like that. Sure, yeah, like it definitely just sounded like modern shoegaze a lot of the time with very few metal elements except for the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, the drums and guitar actually together had a very similar mix to. Um, Andrew WK's album from this year. Yes. It sounded super huge mm-hmm. and that was awesome. Uh, the only thing I just didn't like on this album was the vocals. I did not like the vocal delivery at all. Interesting. Like the whole, like, I don't know, limited range holding out notes for a long time thing really doesn't do it for me. See, I, 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 I don't think I like any bands who do that. And that's why I, I don't really listen to shoegaze is because they do that a lot. Yeah, and I listen uh, to a ton of bands that do that. Yeah. And I really like that kind of vocal yeah. delivery. Like, right. I understand how it can be polarizing, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I like it because it's like, it's... I, I feel like when when an artist chooses to to perform vocals in that way, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like using vocals to, like... <laughs> this is dumb, but, like, using vocals to, like, call attention away from the vocals... And yeah. use use vocals more well, as like a like a pad synth well, he's, type type of right. instrument. Well, the thing, yeah, the that's mix. the thing is he's yeah. using vocals as a harmony, yeah. rather than a melody. And I just like I don't know. I I like active vocalists. My very favorite vocalist of all time is Mike Patton, mm-hmm. who basically doesn't do anything like this ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, for and I love that for a reason because I I like vocals. When vocals are in music, honestly, I like them to be like the most active part of the music. For the most part, unless it's like black metal or something like that. Yeah. But even then, like black metal with like prominent vocals, I like better. Sure. Like um, Drudka before I found out they're probably Nazis. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We hate to see that. Yeah. So like for something like this one, um, despite that, Mm -hmm. I did find some of the songs on this album to be some of the most catchy songs that I did hear this entire year. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the songs are very, I think very well structured. They're not, they're long, but they're not too long. There's some like really cool guitar riffs. There are um, definitely cool guitar riffs. And like what another interesting thing is that I'm pretty sure he's playing eight strings, which is there there are the a guitars lot of, like, are really heavy. Yeah, they, they which dig is a pretty lot. cool. Yeah. Um and, and like he did that on the previous record too. So mm-hmm. on Melting Sun, like there was really heavy guitars too. Fair. Um 
but yeah, I don't know. It, it's a it's a really cool if if you like like post metal and like uh, post punk, post rock, uh, shoegaze. If you like mm. that kind of stuff, you should definitely check this record out. No. Like it's. I think it's a, a really important release in the in the genre mm-hmm. for the year. It's and, pretty cool. And honestly, uh, if you uh, like this album but didn't like the vocals, I'd highly recommend Andrew WK's album from this year. Because well, well, it's, it's kind of that. I, I have some stuff to say well, about that in our honorable mentions fair, segment. Fair. Um, All right. Uh, with that, do you want to get into our next guest? Oh, great. I can't fucking find my gaff tape, bro. Like, oh, it's, it's driving it's me nuts, man. man. Whatever, man. <laughs> Our, we, so we have a uh, voicemail for this I'm going to go ahead and play yeah, that I certainly do Hey Spencer and Britt This is Evo from Hello. 1001 Songs That Make You Want to Die Thanks for having me on the podcast this year uh, My top album of 2021 Not that I listened to heaps of albums this year But uh, Crowded House Streamers Are Waiting One of my favorite Aussie bands Merry Christmas guys Thanks again Merry Christmas too. So, Dreamers Are Waiting by Crowded House. Uh, released on, uh, I got this here in just a sec, um, June 4th of this year. Yeah? Yeah, Australian band Crowded House, Australian rockers. Yeah, this was a really, sub- I would did not know what to expect from this. Nor did Based I. Based on the, like, the album art, yeah, I was I, like really confused by it, and I was like, interesting, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I really enjoyed listening to this. I thought it was pretty yeah, cool. No, it like, was, this it was, was really like good. really good. Yeah, uh, I it's I I struggle to describe it. I guess the best the closest thing I could say is like it's almost yacht rock, but not exactly. It at times it it does but, a lot of different. Stuff, it does a lot though. of different stuff. I guess I the closest thing I would describe it as is indie rock but yeah it's such a broad it's definitely term an indie rock album but it, it's um, not like it's not like hipstery indie rock and it's not yeah, like cringy parts of it, like of it. i don't know so, it's it, like it's good musicianship so and and some uh some background on this album so um you know crowded house has been around since the 80s and, really uh, yeah oh, oh yeah. wow okay so so their big hit was uh don't dream it's over from 1986 huh yeah, and um, you know they've they've been together since then, and uh, led by their vocalist guitarist Neil Finn, and mm-hmm. uh, this album he decided to bring in two of his sons to play music on it. Huh. And so this is their first album, like is kind of almost a family band. I mean, they've got like five or six members, but three of them all have the last name Finn. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, it's it's a good album. It's a it's a really it's, good album. It's yeah, a dynamic like indie rock album. That uh, definitely still like harkens back to like that late eighties to mid nineties kind of contemporary pop, definitely pop yeah. rock. Um, yeah. yeah, but it also has like a very updated sound, updated like pop sound that's kind of indie rock, uh, like Bell and Sebastian or, or yeah. Fleet Foxes. Maybe okay. well, maybe not Fleet Foxes. There's but Bell definitely and Sebastian. I there's could, you definitely that. some like the drum production sounds very Fleet Fox. Oh yeah, that lo-fi thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's like you're right. a big reverby. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got a bit of a lo-fi sound with the drums. In, so yeah, yeah, it feels like super modern for being from like an '80s band, uh, especially yeah, in the songwriting that, sensibilities. So that's like actually really surprising yeah. to to me to mm-hmm. hear because like when I listened to this, I I didn't do any research on the band and I just assumed it was a modern band because no. it, it does sound like that. Mm-hmm. But it but now that you mentioned that, like it does have a lot of like songwriting styles of the eighties yeah. and nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could definitely hear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of like acoustic instruments on here. There are electric instruments instruments yeah. too, but a lot of acoustic instruments, uh, really lush production. The production I think, I think it sounds incredible. It sounds fantastic. Like this, this is yeah. um on like 
it's definitely one of the better produced albums I've heard this year. Yeah, like it, it's, it's really nice. It's like on the level almost of um, uh, Parcels Day Night. I would agree. Yeah, that's like, what it reminded me it of is, the most. It yeah. is so incredibly dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the mixing is really cool and interesting too. There's a song that ends with um, a guitar solo that's panned entirely to the left speaker. Mm-hmm. And like the tone knob is at zero. So it's like this weird fuzzy guitar sound, but it sounds really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of moments like that, and yeah. and like I I also just really wanted to take a moment to appreciate the overall vibe of the album, mm-hmm. which was very like relaxed, yeah. which was really nice because mm-hmm. like a lot of the music we've listened to is is like aggressive or mm-hmm. like maybe not aggressive, but it's like much. It's very exciting music. So to, to hear something that felt a little bit more laid back, but it was still interesting, mm-hmm. um, while maintaining a more like relaxed aesthetic was was nice, and and I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Right. Listen to that album. It's good. Yeah, let's move on to my uh, number three pick. Hell yeah. What is your number three pick, Brit? Emma Jean Thackeray's Yellow, released yeah. on July 23rd of this year. What did you like about it? Um, This is an amazing jazz fusion album, like in a way that like I haven't really heard since like uh, Miles Davis's Bitches Brew band. Like it's, it's just like the production is incredible like nearly perfect. Um, the songs are like entrancing and like super diverse. Like some of them yeah. are just very like meditative and kind mm-hmm. of repeating. Uh, but some of them are just like fucking jazz explorations with like an electric piano and incredible bassist and yeah. a drummer that fucking kills yeah. the drummer on this album is incredible. Oh yeah. Like, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's just, I think probably the best jazz album released this year. And, uh, Anyone who knows me knows I love the jazz almost as much as the jizz. <laughs> That's that, what I was waiting for. Yeah. yeah. It's a joke I was going to make, but yeah, you know, um, cool. I'll take it. But uh, yeah, it, it was just an awesome jazz album. Highly recommended in every way. what do you think? So uh, a bit of background. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is, I think the last album from your picks that I listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I waited to listen to it was because I looked at the, the name of the artist, Emma Jean Thackeray. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds like it's going to be indie rock. And I don't want to listen to that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't listen to it for a really long it's time. The, it's, and then, it's the opposite it is, of and indie it is rock. The complete antithesis of yes. indie rock. And so when I started listening to it, I was like, oh, my God. And, and my very first note is, I am so relieved this is a jazz album. <laughs> like, not that I expected that's, a bad, not that's, that. I, like, that's the first the, time you've been relieved it's actually jazz. <laughs> I, lo- I love jazz. Don't, get, don't, don't hate. Don't, don't hate. Uh, no, and not, not that I would expect you to recommend me bad music. You've never recommended me bad music, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I've known. But uh, I don't know. I just Something about that name just sounded like it was going to be something like Phoebe Bridgers. And I was like, if it's like Phoebe Bridgers, I'm just going to want to fucking sound, kill myself. Sounds like someone like, has some preconceived notions they need <laughs> to defeat in their mind uh, palace. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Phoebe Bridgers fucking sucks. That's so, fine. This anyways, is not anything like Phoebe Bridgers. It's not. It's nothing a, like It's a Phoebe. fucking amazing jazz fusion right, album. Right. That's it's what I'm so saying. Good. Like, you can't judge a book by its cover no, or you can't. spider name. And no, no, and that's why I shared that story. Yeah. It's like, that was me just not, not, not looking, not no. experiencing, not, yeah. not being open-minded, but yeah, listening to this, mm-hmm. 
was a joy. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to listen to it again. Hell yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of the uh, t- the Bad Bad Not Good record. It's similar yeah, in not, some you're, ways. You're not, you're not wrong. Like, I would say this is a bit more diverse than that record, at least in terms of like the yeah. sort of the styles they're I mean, pulling the, in. There's but... like double the songs though too. Mm. Like the yeah, Bad Bad that's a good Not point. Good record is only like eight or nine tracks or something. Like there's that. a yeah. There's a lot of songs on this. Mm. There's like a song that reminded me of Afrobeat. Like that was yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's there, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. It went to a lot of different places mm-hmm. and. I, it's cool to hear, you know, because mm-hmm. like I listen to a lot of extreme music, right? So like I hear a lot of albums that are like mixtures of a lot of different styles of extreme music. And I always mm-hmm. think that's cool. But it's cool to listen to something that's like a mixture of a lot of different styles of like jazz and art rock and fusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's awesome. And like this was rad. And also I got to say like this is one of the blackest albums I've ever heard come from like a, a white woman. Oh, she's white. I didn't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, right. You're like, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, it sounds like straight up almost like a Miles Davis album. It does. Yeah. And the, the vocals are really impressive. Yeah. They're they're really cool. There's a ton of like Like, the the layering and the harmonies are really interesting. Okay. There are, there are, I don't think there are two words in the English language that inspire more like trepidation in me than vocal jazz. Yeah. Uh, So like, uh, if you hear that and are instantly repulsed, I understand, mm-hmm. but this is not that. <laughs> this is no. not that at all. This is not uh, the, this, this, this is like this is not eight variations of the girl from Ipanema. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, this is uh this is like vocals in jazz fusion where the vocals are both used as traditional like storytelling vocals and they're mm. also used as an instrument yeah and i think that the use of vocals is very well thought out in this record it's very uh considered and yeah. they're very very good so so the vocal and like what they do with the vocals reminds me in a lot of ways of um what uh, like return to forever did with vocals like it's not mm, yeah it's not it did always remind all me a lot of yeah, yeah. every track yeah and it's not always yeah. like a verse chorus verse chorus thing sometimes it's just like in the middle of the song she'll just chant something for a little bit do some cool harmonies with it end it and then the rest of the song's instrumental and you're like oh that's cool yeah, um yeah exactly like she yeah she definitely treats the her her voice as just another instrument in a jazz mm-hmm. group which i think is fucking cool yeah uh, yeah, this record's rad. Mm-hmm. Would recommend. Hell yeah. Cool let's, album uh, art, too. Let's move on to your number three. My number three pick. My number three pick is The Work by Rivers of Nihil. Released on September 24th of this year. I actually haven't seen the, the cover of this yet. Isn't it fucking sick? That's a great cover. That's yeah. so cool looking. It's incredible art. Yeah. yeah. This album uh, came out of kind of nowhere for me because... Mm-hmm. This band, Rivers of Nile, mm-hmm. um, they they're the last record that they put out. It's called "Where Owls Know My Name" or something. When owls know my name, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that album got it made a big splash in the metal world, and I, I thought it was mm-hmm. pretty good. Oh, it, it, it was pretty good. Was it was it an album or an owl album? <laughs> uh, <laughs> not acknowledging that. <laughs> um, but so like when that album came out, it put this band on my radar, and mm-hmm. like I. Uh, I thought that album was okay, the, but like the most interesting part of that album was that they used saxophone, which uh, saxophone in extreme metal mm-hmm. is a thing I, at that point, I had only heard in uh, Isan's solo material, Isan being the guitarist mm-hmm. and vocalist from Emperor. Yes. Um, and his solo material uses saxophone a lot. Um, 
and it's really cool and creative. Since then, you know, there's, I've, I've heard quite a few bands, uh, metal bands and death metal bands, use saxophone in interesting ways or horn instruments. And mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool thing that's happening. This album is a bit different, and I wasn't super, like, hyped to listen to it, but I listened to it on a whim, and it, like, absolutely wrecked me. Like, it yeah. is an incredible concept album. Mm-hmm. Like, it is one of the best concept albums I've ever heard. It is fucking phenomenal. Like, I, I just, I cannot recommend it enough. Like, it is a tremendous album. Uh, it, it is a work of art, and it's amazing. Now, uh, you recommended this a, a little while ago to me. I and, did. And uh, you, you said, I, I, I want to say you said um, it reminded you of, like, uh, Isan, but with more of a death metal spin than a black metal spin? Mm, no. It you, reminds you, me a lot of Eson, though. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely said. I, I yeah. think that's actually what you said. Yeah, I'll maybe. Go, I, yeah. I actually listened to the episodes. I think that's what you said. Um, <laughs> I listened to the episodes, too. I've been listening to the episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it really surprised me. It's like uh, piano and electronic piano-centric melodic metal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You can, you can definitely I, would, tell, I would call it, like, progressive metal, I yeah, guess, is, like, the closest. You can definitely yeah. tell whoever, like, plays the keys is kind of holding everything together it's very like melodically consistent like you yes. have these themes that like mm-hmm. come back throughout the album right. and like yeah and and it's it, also it's often led mm-hmm. by like synths or right. like and it, so it's, it's stuff like that yeah. I, I like it one thing that immediately struck me is it's a band that's obviously not completely guitar composed yeah which yeah. is what a lot of metal really suffers yeah um yeah. and why i you know don't really jive with a lot of metal is because it's obvious like the guitarist is the one with ideas mm. and we have enough enough bands with good guitarists with good ideas yeah we need more metal bands with good piano players with good yeah Th- this album i feel like is very mm. it is a master class in composition it is very like it is very well composed right and so it, like i would almost say it's like it reminds me of like a lot of opeth stuff sure but it never got boring like Opeth stuff did. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of a lot of Asan stuff, but mm-hmm. it never felt pretentious like Asan stuff does. It mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of Enslaved stuff. Yeah. But it never made me wonder if they were white supremacists like Enslaved stuff. <laughs> Aw. So I'm, I'm, no, I'm they're not. They're not. It's just, you know, when you, <laughs> when, when you have enough yeah. runes on your stuff, I'm like, yeah, it, it becomes really? a little, well, yeah. yeah I mean, it becomes a little problematic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also it reminded me of Alcest in a way too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's some some moments. It really goes to a lot of yeah. different places. Like I'm pretty sure they're playing eight strings or oh, they're least, definitely yeah. no, seven strings at least. At least like, seven strings, but I think they're, they're playing super eight strings. Yeah. Super yeah. down tuned. So like there's a lot of like really heavy riffs on it, mm-hmm. but like 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 you just said, you know, it, it's very it, it's it moves a lot mm-hmm. and it's it's not it doesn't focus on those heavy riffs too right. much. And, and so it also like. One thing I like probably the most about it is it actually plays around with the genre and it tries something new. Yeah, there was a uh, one part in particular that um, it sounded like a like a southern rock guitar solo section of two guitars like soloing back and forth, like something Leonard Skinner would do at the end of Freebird. <laughs> but it was just in the middle of this fucking metal album, and I'm like, what? <laughs> but it, it worked. Yeah. It sounded and, really yeah. good. And like, I don't like stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I like it in this context. No, you know? like, and it's like, yeah, like, yeah it, I, I just feel like it's a really, 
creative and very and nothing feels forced like they, mm-hmm. they they do a lot of different genres they play in a lot of different spaces but it doesn't mm-hmm. ever feel forced and it doesn't ever feel like awkward mm-hmm. it's like everything flows into the next thing and it just it takes you on a journey and like, there's a story that they're telling too which i feel like if you're going to do a concept album right like mm-hmm. there's a couple things you got to get right like you have to have the album has to flow mm-hmm. And it has to tell a story True. and it has to be compelling from beginning to end. Yes. Like that is how you make a concept album. And they hit all three of those. Yeah. It, like in my opinion. And and that's why I just liked it so much. And the message of it, I think, is really important because it's all about mental health. And it's all about struggling with mental health problems mm-hmm. and putting in the work to get better. And like that's just really powerful shit, especially in the midst of the fucking pandemic and everything. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's powerful and it hit me in a in a powerful way. I I I and this is, yeah, this, this, be, be, this, my album of the year is between this album and another album, I guess is what I would say. Okay. Uh, but yeah, fuck yeah. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about our next guest pick. Indeed. I'm going to play a voicemail, okay? Let's do it. Hey, what's up, Bucketheads? Um, Mark Bonzino here to talk about my favorite album of the year, uh, which... Unfortunately, uh, was not by Buckethead. Uh, my favorite album of the year uh, was uh, certainly my most listened to album of the year uh, as well. Was Dumb and Dumber Two by uh, Young Dolph and Key Glock. Uh, obviously, there's a real sad thing that happened. R.I.P. Young Dolph. R.I.P. Young um, Dolph, indeed. Yeah, th- this album was actually amazing. The production was awesome, uh, lyrically really, really great. Uh, a lot of the uh, pop culture references, um, just just re- a really cool album. Young Dolph, uh, you know, he was on top of his game, you know, in his prime. A real sad thing that happened, but uh, yeah, this album just. You know, so many, so many listens and repeats, you know, I mean, like very dynamic album, um, you know, it's fun, it's serious, there's, you know, it's, there's a lot going on here, uh, highly recommended, also definitely one of the coolest album covers. Uh, <laughs> that is a great album Yeah, it's cover. a great so, album So yeah, R.I.P. Young Dolph, um. And uh, still, you know, respect to the man Buckethead himself. He <laughs> maybe he would uh, maybe he would appreciate this album too. Maybe. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Album Thanks. of the year, Hell Dumb yeah. and Dumberer Two. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark Bronzino. Appreciate that. We do. We do appreciate that. Um, do you want to? Do you want to start, or should I? Sure, I'll start. I, uh, this was a bit of a surprise to me, uh-huh. I guess. Like, I don't know. They're all a surprise. Like, the, the recommendations, like, the guest picks, like, you your are easily picks, surprised. I'm easily surprised. <laughs> and you know why? You know why that is, why? Britt? I, I, I basically only listen to, like, death metal and, like, weird jazz. Like, I that's, like, I couldn't tell. All I listen to, end, basically. End of the year list. Could not tell. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> There's only one death metal album on my my album of the year list. Come on, come on. What are you talking about? It's Suffering Hour. It's the only one. It's the only death metal album on my list. Eight, uh, not AT, uh, Oh, the ATVM. Sorry, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and like everything is like death metal tangential or black metal tangential, basically, <laughs> except eh. for bad, bad, not good. Eh, and like I don't know. I I 
John Carpenter is not. Oh, okay. okay. Like, come on. Okay. Steve, oh, yeah, Moore. Steve Moore. Okay, come you got, on. Come you got on. like three or four that are not metal they, at well, all. I would say, okay. All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Dumb, no, three. Uh, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2 yeah. uh, was was a really fun album. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, there's there's some pretty good uh, pretty good trap beats on there. Yeah. It's a trap drill album uh, is what it is. Um, yeah. It's pretty long there's a bunch of tracks on like there's a tracks. yeah it's, it's it is it was about i think it was 53 minutes long yeah like um yeah. the beats are fine i mean it's super like mpc like the the beats like aren't super like layered they're like stuff just cuts in and out i guess and it's very mpc like very uh obviously made on something with pads hmm. like it's it's fine. It's competent. Uh, not really for me. There's a lot of other like drill like this, like King Von and stuff that I really prefer. This is a fine album. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. I'm probably going to listen to this one again. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it was a little long. That would be oh. like my only like major criticism with it. But like if, from an outside perspective, you know, I've listened to a little bit of like trap stuff and, and in mm-hmm. my, in, in my, purview on that stuff like uh this does hit all the things i like about trap and it doesn't wallow too much in the things i don't like about trap which so to that uh, is like as far as i can tell i think it seems really good um at least in terms of like what i like from the genre and so like uh i enjoyed listening to this because you know and i i think i said this with like every album last week but mm-hmm. <laughs> i wouldn't have listened to this otherwise so yeah. uh, i was grateful to get to listen to it and this was one of those ones where like while i was listening to it i was just like nodding my head and I'm, i was enjoying it and it, it kept the mood up which yeah. was nice i i liked it i thought it was good yeah it was decent um like good example of the genre i guess and the subgenre. but you know there's better stuff in that subgenre. like what like King Vaughn, like I just said. I didn't hear. NBA <laughs> Young Boy. Like Young Young Dolph's fine. Yeah. Um Yeah. I like it. I would recommend it. Hell uh, yeah. yeah. I probably wouldn't, but it is what it is. Not for me. Not for me. Yeah, and sometimes that's how that's how it is. That's how this it is. is your carcass. And uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Let's go to your number two, two. pick. Brit, what's your number two pick? This is Lingua Ignota's Sinner Get Ready, released on August 6th of this year. And you know what? What what can be said about Lingua Ignota that hasn't already been said by every single fucking music critic? She is incredible. She has a sound that is beautiful, haunting, weird, incredible. And at the same time, entirely her own. There is nothing that quite sounds like ling- Lingua Ignota still, which is weird because, you know, she like kind of blew up like two or three years ago. Sure. Um, sure. This, this album is just so fucking unsettling, the entire thing. Hmm. Uh, and I like it a lot. It is, yeah. it is a fucking mood. Uh, and it is incredibly well-produced, incredibly dynamic. Um, it's just a masterclass on, I don't know if I'd call her outsider art, but it feels like outsider art because she's actually like a great piano player and like super talented mm-hmm. and like a classical right. But like, this is like, I don't know, music like stripped down and rebuilt from scratch. Hmm. It's a fucking album. Yeah. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I thought it was really cool. There, there, it was like, um, it was really chaotic at mm-hmm. points. But what was what I thought was interesting is like, despite it being really chaotic at points, it it's obvious that there is a, a considered structure to what it is that she's doing mm-hmm. and um, that you can always hear that in the vocals. I felt like, cause the vocals are very layered and they're very harmonized. Oh, yeah. And it's like, even if sometimes like the instrumental underneath them is, is really chaotic or in some time, at some points, like almost completely atonal or oh, yeah, like I'm, harsh. Most of the time. Um, yeah. It's not even like an underlying melody. It's underlying weird rhythms and like, mm. I don't know if Tones. I would say most of the time. Maybe, maybe, maybe most of the time in like a 60-40 sense. There yeah. there are like yeah, melodic parts oh, there, and there melodic are, instrumentals on the on yeah, the album. But for it's sure. definitely not the bulk of the album. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it like it walks a very tight line between like like actual, like or not actual, but like more traditional music and then more like unusual, like uh, genre defying kind of stuff or mm-hmm. genre blending kind of stuff. And um this is one of those ones where like I I have not listened to Lingua Ignata before and I, I know that a lot of people really really like her stuff and like that that last album that she put out was like it made a giant splash. A lot of yeah, people were talking uh, about Caligula, that. Amazing yeah. album. A lot of people amazing were talking about album. that. And uh yeah, I, I I just never got around to listening to that and um so I saw when I saw this on your list I was like, "Oh, cool, I can finally <laughs> I only say I've listened to Linguignata. Um, so I uh, I listened to this one and I I wasn't quite sure about it at first, but like it definitely won me over pretty quickly and I was like, no, this is this is cool. This is really neat. It's a it's a it's a much more artistic take on music, which for me is something that's always like suspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess like I I, I sometimes right. sometimes well, really artistic personalities don't get along well with me so 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 it's like that's why i'm always nervous about that i I think your problem is like a lot of times people who make art rock make art rock because they're not good at making rock but they are good at making art uh yeah that that's a way to describe it i would say like uh and so in my i would say in my experience mm -hmm. sometimes people who make art music or artistic music are more interested in making art than they are music right and but but also like i think the reason that is is because a lot of times they don't have the underlying talent and structure in order to make good music, but they can make art. Sure. Whereas Lingua Ignota is one of those artists where when you hear her, immediately you realize, oh my god, this person is incredibly talented. Yeah, yeah and they absolutely. just want to do weird things with their talent. Yeah, and I I, uh, I so support that. That's yeah. super great. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I re- I really enjoyed listening to it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I would say like. If you're considering listening to this, um, yeah, I don't know if I would say it's a challenging listen. I would say maybe at points, mm-hmm. um, but it's certainly not as challenging a listen as like the <laughs> Gazelle Twin record right. or, or anything like that. Yeah. Or it's not it's not a noise album, mm-hmm. but it definitely like takes influence from things like Harsh Noise yeah. um, in its structure. But it's uh, it's it's really well done, and especially for something that is almost exclusively acoustic instruments. Yes. Also, that should be noted. Mm-hmm. Like, there's n- not really. I don't think there's m- any. I don't think there's really any electric yeah. guitar or synthesizers yeah. on it, as far as I can tell. And there's not really any percussion. There's percussion, they, but there it's like her is, hitting things. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's, it's natural not, percussion. Not like traditional yeah, percussion in the yeah, traditional yeah. sense. Like, um, 
it's 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 non-traditional and it it subverts expectations a lot mm. um yeah. but in in a, in a way that didn't feel shitty yeah. like I, there are definitely like examples of <laughs> subverting expectations in shitty ways mm-hmm. star wars episode eight the, the last jedi or whatever that's called um I don't even. Is that what it's called? Why does everyone throw that one under the bus? Because they're that all, movie fucking they're sucks. They're all dog shit. They all suck. Yes. They all suck. Well, Return of the Jedi does. Well, Return of the Jedi sucks. No, no. 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 Empire, Empire doesn't suck. No, no. I'm, ta- I'm talking about all the, the sequels. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of all the terrible. sequels suck. All terrible. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, the prequels are better than the ones that they made recently. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, as I said, the sequels suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, the prequels suck too, but yeah. in a funnier way. Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're like the nostalgia helps them a lot. They like yeah. a lot. Yeah, the nostalgia. Yeah, the nostalgia and just like the meme ability. The of memes help a lot it, too. The, yeah. yeah, the I think the biggest problem with the sequels <laughs> is there were just not enough memes in there. <laughs> yeah, because they're not. They're not. They're too lame to be memes. Yeah, like right? it's like it's like yeah, you could make a meme about how like. There's I don't know. like how Han Solo died or something. Yeah, it's like cool. But it's like shut up. That's just <laughs> you're just jerking off stupid Star Wars fans on the internet. Don't do that. <laughs> Star Wars fans should never speaking, be jerked off. Speaking of uh, jerking off Star Wars fans on the internet, let's talk about your number well, two pick. Hold on, I have one more thought to finish okay. up on this one, and that is that like when it comes to subverting expectations, like like I was saying, mm-hmm. there's are shitty ways to do it, and there are not shitty ways to do it. Mm-hmm. This is a great example of not shitty ways to do it. Yeah. I felt like all the the choices that were made to subvert the expectations that were set were really smart and really creative in an artistic and musical mm-hmm. sense. Uh, it's a really good album. Yeah, and I just say like if you're interested in hearing like the cutting edge of recording music, listen to Lingua Ignota because she's doing something that no one else has done before, and it's fucking cool. Hell yeah! How Moving about your on. Number two. My number two pick. <clears throat> is my album of the year. Interesting. Um, so I just yeah. want to state that mm-hmm. before I talk about it. Um, yeah. But my album of the year is Dealin' Death by Vulture. Released on May 21st. Now, I, I discovered this album really shortly after it was released, and I listened to it all summer. I listened mm-hmm. to it almost every single day, at least once, mm-hmm. in this entire summer. Uh, I like, And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. There are multiple days mm-hmm. over this summer where I listened to this album two three or in the case of one day four times in a single day uh this album's fucking amazing it's a it's a thrash album it's a throwback thrash album Mm -hmm. uh but the thing that that's unique to me about it is it's not like throwback thrash to like slayers rain and blood it's throwback thrash to like the weird thrash that came before that it's like throwback thrash to like 83 to 85 era it's that plus so much testament influence yeah and new wave of british so heavy metal much. too oh yeah yeah there's yeah. definitely like a lot of um guitar parts that are so just like iron maiden like incredibly yeah. yeah um yeah it's very new wave of british heavy metal it's very like early thrash it covers mm. like a broad spectrum i would say it covers everything from like 82 to like 86 mm-hmm. it's like influences from all that stuff it's super super cool the guitar playing is amazing the songs are super catchy the production is awesome it has a super like throwback sound to it it's it's just tremendous. I would actually say like the influences go like up to maybe like 89 because there's definitely some influence of some like proggier thrash in here. Sure. Like yeah, watchtower, yeah. especially yeah, you can see that what the drummer and, uh, guitarists are there two guitarists. I assume I'm assuming, I don't know. Yeah, it actually sounds like it, like, it sounds what, like it. what they two together is like super proggy sometimes. The, yeah. the only thing that I really didn't like about this album is the bassist doesn't cut it. 
the bassist plays guitar parts and that's it. Sure. Like, I if if they had a bassist that was playing like uh, Anthrax style Frank Bello stuff, that would immediately like elevate. I, I think that would entirely. elevate. The, I think that would elevate the, the material. You're yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Um, that said, you know, with, with what they have here, I here's the thing. Like, I grew up really liking thrash metal, as you know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know that very well. Um, and I, I was really obsessed with that for a long time. And despite that, you know, once I turned like maybe twenty, like eh, I haven't listened to thrash in a really long time. It's just you know that was the thing I was really into when I was a teenager. Not mm-hmm. that I dislike it now. It's just not a thing it's, I seek you know, out. Th- you know, thrash is just a phase, though. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, in a way. Um, <laughs> that being said, though, like I feel like this album just it hits so many stylistic and aesthetic things from the genre that I think are good and important from it, mm-hmm. without coming across as like too like. Th- th- here's the thing: they, they made a throwback thrash album, and, and it doesn't sound like they're ripping off any one particular band. They're ripping off a ton of different bands. Oh yeah, which is like that's the way to do it. But like, if not, you're gonna do if it, if you rip off like, enough it's, bands, it's no longer ripping off anybody it, at all. Exactly. <laughs> like they ripped off so many bands that they created their own sound, and like that sound is really compelling, so, and the, so, the songs are super catchy. So what you're saying? They're the Robin Williams of, of thrash metal. <laughs> They just ripped off so many people that eventually they made their own style of ripping everyone off. I mean, in a way, and like, realistically, isn't that all creative endeavors in some way, shape or form? Sure. But but like, I feel like in this particular case, like the, it's more than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. uh, Because like, you look at any of those things on paper, you say like throwback thrash album released on metal blade, uh, that doesn't sound good to me. Like that doesn't sound no, compelling. That's not, that's a good not start. something I want to listen to. <laughs> and I don't remember why I even listened to this because if somebody had pitched it to me like that, I'd be like, <laughs> no, thank you. And, and like kept going, you know, but I ended up listening to this and I ended up being obsessed with it. I listened to this album considerably more than any other release this year outside of maybe the turnstile record. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like that one. And this one that I listened to the most. And, uh, I just, it just really hit for me. And I don't think it's an album for everyone. And I, I wouldn't say like everybody go check this out, but I would say people that, that appreciate old thrash, especially like the weird thrash that came before 86. Cause like 86, I say is like the year that thrash really became canonized. That's where they really figured out the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like a lot of bands started sounding really similar at that time. But before that, when the bands were weird, when you had bands like Sabbath and like Sabbath. angel, Witch and like, I don't know, just like old weird thrash bands, early Metallica, like that kind of stuff where it's like sort of thrash, but not quite. It's still like very new of British heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It just, it, it hits a lot of cool stuff. And there's, there are some of the catchiest and most fun guitar solos I've heard in years on this record. And it's great. Tell you. Thanks for listening to my rant. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, good album. I definitely recommend it, especially if you're into like classic thrash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, yeah, it's the best Testament album I've heard since actually Testament's album that they dropped, I think, last year. Yeah, that one was so good. <laughs> it was like, so it good. It was so good. Was, it was so, it was so good. I remember texting you about it. And yeah. I remember being like, hey, you know what's weird? Uh, the New Testament album is super good. And you were like, no, it's not. And then you listen to it, you're like, like, actually, that, yeah, this is, I think that's this is really good. second best album. <laughs> like, what the fuck? How's it really good. What the fuck? I mean, it's one of those things <laughs> where, like, sometimes, like, bands will just come back and, like, you know, make an amazing album. Like, uh, honestly, yeah. like, Metallica's Hardwired to Self-Destruct, pretty good album. Uh, pretty good album. For, uh, for, for what Metallica is now, <laughs> them putting out that album, you got to admit, it was surprising. Uh, it, you but, know, like, I only the listen- song Hardwired to Self-Destruct is a banger. 
All right. But that song's a fucking bad. It's, it's been a long time. Atlas uh, Rise ain't bad. Like, it's it's not a bad album. Why are you name dropping songs off of Hardware and Self Destruct? Because happening? it's not. It's it's <laughs> it's one. It's Metallica's best album. Who remembers since the songs Black album from that album? I do. Why? I'm an idiot. I don't care. <laughs> Shut up. Let's talk about our next album. All right. So we have our last guest pick. Yes, we um, do. Let's uh, let's line her up. Let's line her up. I'm gonna play the voicemail and yeah. then we're gonna talk about it. This one's from Chibs from One Thousand One Songs and Make You Wanna Die. Album of the year. Uh, let's see. Bloody hell. First of all, I should say, Chibsy from A Thousand and One Songs That Make You Want to Die. How are you going, hey, fellas? Chibs. Um, my album of 2021 has to be Donda by Kanye West. But I made my own cut of the album and cut out all the oh. shit songs that are a waste of space. It still goes for an hour okay. and a half. But it's fucking genius, and I'll not have anything bad said about it. He went up against Drake, <laughs> who in my book is nothing but a wheelchair-bound, AIDS-ridden fucking retard from Canada. Uh, later, <laughs> fellas. Well, we're done with Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, later chips thank you so much for oh that. yeah thank um, you uh, so, so we li- we both listened to kanye west donda uh from august 29th of this year wait you- it really came out in august it came out in august i thought that that came out like last month no that's crazy yeah so um, what i'm gonna okay i'm gonna just read what i wrote here sure kanye makes music for kanye fans Okay. He has definitely constructed an elaborate world in which there's tons of in-references that he just spouts like you're supposed to know what the fuck he's talking about. It's like he's doing cultural commentary exclusively on himself for his music. The production is good, mm-hmm. but honestly just doesn't live up to Yeezy in the terms of like beat selection or catchability, anything. Um, also, like more than half of the album is about God or Jesus or the Bible and really, any music about God is not for me. <laughs> so I would agree with that statement. Th- this, yeah. this, uh, this album feels like a war epic movie made in the 1990s. Like, there's great production, hmm. uh, and everything is, like, very obviously competently done. Oh, my God. You know what movie you're describing right now is Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah, right? That it's, is exactly just, the movie you're every, describing. Everything is good about it, but there is no buy-in. Because yeah. it is so long and, dense and so and self-involved and relies yeah. so much on the the audience to actually know all of the references and things that he's making. Well, I, I do. Okay. I mm-hmm. take a bit of an issue with that statement yeah. because here's the thing. Yeah. I have a, a really, I, I don't know if this is a common thing, but this is a thing for me. I have a really difficult time understanding hip hop lyrics. Really? For like the first few times I listen to a hip hop album. Weird. Like I, I just have a really hard time following people's flow typically like it's so to me when i listen to hip-hop a lot of it just sounds like patterns and rhythms yeah i don't really pay attention to the lyrical content at all the lyrical patterns and stuff he decided to do on this album were i I don't know it was like he was just like grasping straws there was so much repetition i I have like i have a quote donda 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 and like he just like say the same word over again all the time like in um, almost every single song. Here's my favorite. Here's the only yeah. line that I wrote down from the time I listened to the, the album. And this is my favorite. This is my favorite line from the album. Yeah. You ready? Mm-hmm. I talk to God every day. He's my bestie. Lovely. 
<laughs> That's my favorite line in the song. So yeah, uh, so you know, like <laughs> a, a reason I really liked uh, the hip hop album um, "Pray for Haiti" um, mm-hmm. by Mac Homme this year is it was just like it was understated. He talked about like real issues, and he like rapped about things that I think are interesting. Whereas Kanye raps about God and Kanye, the two things I find least interesting on this earth. <laughs> Fair. Um, so well, so well, I got, okay, I got some stuff to say about this, but and so it's. Just not for me. It's so, it's very competently made, but it is incredibly long. It's like, it's all about God and Kanye. It's one hour and 49 minutes long. And it's, it's also just feels like Kanye trying to find everything culturally important and everything that's working for other people in music right now and making them do that on his album to attract that fan base to him. I mean... And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like a lot of rappers do that, but like he mm-hmm. does, he, he just chooses like the most annoying things about like, he's like, Hey, Travis Scott, do you want to do like a guest on my track and just do the most annoying shit you can possibly do with auto tune? Travis Scott's <laughs> like, of course I do. <laughs> and it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's like most, most of the features on the album really just feel like almost parodies of the artists that are being featured. Except for Jay Electronica, his fucking, uh, his verse on Jesus Lord is the best thing on that album. And it's great. Okay. It's really good. I, uh, your take on this does not surprise me. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're a little bit more heated about it than I expected. That, that part I didn't expect. You know why that is? Why is that? It's because I had an hour and 45 fucking minutes to write this review. Uh, 49. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. I, I, I did listen to it, and I, I listened to the entire fucking thing. Yeah. Um, and, okay, I have a note here that I think describes it pretty well. Um, I'd say that this, oh, okay, sorry. I'd say that this is definitely a cut above most modern pop, but do I like it? I have no idea. Um I, I thought the last third of the album was very boring. Yeah. Uh, the first... When it got into the part two of all the songs on fuck the first that. album. That pissed know. me off. Yeah. I was... Okay. The uh. part... Okay. So the last four songs on this album are mm-hmm. previous songs on the album, mm-hmm. but part two. Yeah. And you know what? They didn't sound any fucking different to me at yeah. all no, than the weren't. previous part one. You no, know, it they was weren't. the same <laughs> instrumental with different... Lyrics? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, like, there's four it, it, fucking songs Spencer, in an already double album. Spencer. I, oh, that pissed me Spencer, off. Spencer, Kanye did a wizard part two. <laughs> so, well, I wrote that down. I wrote that down. So, uh, I was like, this is like when we, we were in that death little band when we played our set twice because we knew nobody would notice. It's like Kanye did the same thing on an album. Yeah. Which is, like, it's a lot. It's not that they didn't notice. It's that they forgot because those songs happened an hour and 20 minutes ago. I know. Right? <laughs> Um, yeah, and so, like, that kind of irritated me, especially because, like, those four songs, I, only one of them even has a beat. Like, yeah. the, the the rest of them are just, like, there's no drums. Mm. And, like, that's fine. I actually really, th- I think the instrumental to Jail is really good. That, yeah, no, there were some um, good beats on here, for but, sure. Like, but, like, that that's, it doesn't have drums. Like, yeah. it, there's no drums mm-hmm. in that song. And, well, there's drums for the last, like, three seconds of the song. But, uh, yeah, I... I thought that that was unusual. Like I expected, like when I saw that there was a jail part two, because when I was originally first listening to it, I was like, oh, I like the instrumental from this. And then I saw there was a jail part two. And I was like, 
oh, cool, maybe that's going to be this song, but with a drum beat behind it. That would be amazing. You could just do the same thing, but with drums, it would be awesome. Then mix it up. Yeah, and it would be cool. Yeah. But he didn't do that. He nope. just played the same exact instrumental and did different lyrics, I guess, over it. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know what the lyrics were the first time so i didn't notice anything different yeah i mean they're they're you know they're still gonna give this him like 20 grammys for this kind of subpar album i mean does he win grammys i don't know he has the most grammys of any really uh i think anybody what uh that's yeah, surprising he, last i checked he had 21 grammys i don't i don't necessarily think that kanye west is bad i think no that, i don't like, he's I don't like, either kanye he west has made some amazing albums he's surprisingly competent for who he is but yeah. Uh, I don't think I, I don't love any of his music, but I, there are songs of his that I think are all right. Yeah, like I, I think mean, there are albums of his that at, I think are all right. At too. the same time, I got to wonder like how much is actually Kanye. Cause if you look at the Wikipedia page for this, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single track with any less than four producers on it. Yeah. And like four songwriters, like everything is, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a studio work. And it sounds like it, it yeah. sounds really good. It's very well produced. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's well mixed and mastered. I don't know if it's well produced because part mm-hmm. of production is cutting out the bullshit no one wants to hear. That's a good point. And they actually. didn't do that. Yeah, that all. is a good point. And yeah. so, and so, Chibs said he made his own cut that's like you know fifteen or twenty minutes shorter that he likes a lot more. And you know, a lot of people did that, and they did re-release the album, uh, cut down a little bit, and they did dumb shit like they put uh, Jesus Lord Part Two first, and then Jesus Lord after that. What? I know. They did some weird, dumb shit. That's weird. It just, it, it speaks to, like, what an absolute studio mess this album was. Yeah, it's kind of a, like, it's kind of amazing to me that it got released and yeah, it man, ended up being as fucking long well, as it is. Well, the thing is, the like, studio the released shit is it going without, on? without Kanye's approval, which is why they released another version of it. Because it was what Kanye wanted. Ah. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that makes some more sense. Yeah. But so this was an album that I was kind of hoping to make it through the year without having to listen to all the way through. But, yeah. you know, I did it, and it was not as... I expected to dislike it more than I did, I really? guess is what I would say. I, I'm not saying I like the album. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I like it or not. I think that there are songs on it that are fine. Mm-hmm. I don't like the religious overtones, and I yeah. don't like... Because, like, knowing who Kanye West is and, like, how he approaches his whole, like image and aesthetic and stuff it feels like he's it feels like he's using the religious stuff to do his weird stuff yeah. but it it definitely does not feel like kanye west is a christian it does not feel like kanye west believes in god no he it feels, feels like kanye west is like really into religious symbology right and wants to use that in his music because he wants I to mean, well, i don't know like it's like you, you look at the people who he chose to uh like feature on this album you got like Marilyn Manson, who has just been accused of by like 18 different people of sexual assault. You got yeah. Chris Brown, who we know is a woman beater. You know, we, <clears throat> I, I didn't know those people were on yeah, the Yeah, yeah. And, and like people like came after Kanye for it and he said, oh, well, like the theme of the album is redemption. And so he's using God as a way to like use controversy to sell his albums. Yeah. He's, he's found a way to market religion <laughs> into <Sell> his albums. <laughs> Into his weird, I mean, well, he, he, I mean, sell albums by have the most streams. You yeah. Know? No, for Actually sure. make money on. Make whatever. money on music. Yeah. Yes. So he, uh, I don't know. I think Kanye is an interesting huckster in yeah. the same way that uh, like P.T. Barnum is. He's the P.T. Barnum of hip hop at this point. Like 
he's no longer producing world-class albums like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Like, in, in seriously, every single album he's released since that album has, like, gone down one or two points in quality. And at this point, he's, like, maybe a five at best. I'm not familiar enough with Kanye West to, to like, state, to, like, you know, yeah. talk about it in that sense. But I, I yeah. will say that I think Graduation is a good album. Yeah. And I, mean, well, I, yeah, I have that, enjoyed that's, listening that's before, to that in the past. So from his first to his fifth album, every single album got progressively better. His fifth album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. After that, everything got progressively worse. And this is... So far, the worst album Kanye has made, straight up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't vouch for that. I just if that's the case, I, but I, I trust I, you. I miss the old Kanye. Okay, I think everyone does. Okay, there we ha- there we have it. We did it. Yeah, we talked about Donda. We did. Holy uh, shit! Let's, let's move on to the only album we both selected. Yes. So our final pick, mm-hmm. and before we get the, get to that, just know like these. These are not really ordered, you know, and they, no. the reason why we chose to save this one for last was because we wrote our lists independent of one another, mm-hmm. yet we still, we both picked this album uh, yeah. to be on our list. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was either of our top pick, but no. uh, it is an album we both liked and mm-hmm. it's on both of our lists. So we're going to talk about it last and I'm really excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Britt, what was the album that both of us picked? Arc Spire's Bleed the Future, released on October 29th. It's a album yeah. we both chose. It's a fucking tech death album. It is a fucking tech death album. And it's a, and I cannot believe, so, uh, okay, couple of, a couple of background things here. Mm-hmm. I have been into technical death metal for a very long time. In yes. my early 20s, it was something I was super into, and it was something that I actually made a lot of, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. it Today, though, <laughs> many years removed from that, it's not a genre I listen to all the time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of those things where it's like once in a while, if a band I like from back in the day puts out a new record, I mm-hmm. listen to it, that kind of thing. Uh, or like I listen to an old record or whatnot. But like as far as following the scene and listening to modern technical death metal albums, mm-hmm. if there are any, I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, not thing, nearly like, as popular yeah, it's not, as it yeah, was. In, in 2008 to 2010, it was extremely popular, mm-hmm. but... Oh, extremely popular, relatively speaking, to the, the metal scene. scene. Yeah. Um, but so uh, uh, Arch, Archspire came out uh, a couple of years ago with a record that I really, really liked, whose mm-hmm. name I can't remember. Yeah. And I got really into that. I think that I sent that to you or we talked about it at one point mm-hmm. and then we, we both got soaked about that. Yeah. Um, and so that was the thing that happened. But what Archspire is, is they are Spawn of Possession uh in under a different name so there are a bunch of dudes that are playing music like spawn of possession right and which is tight but like and i'm not hating on them mm-hmm. but like th- that's what they're doing they're doing the spawn of possession thing kind, kind of i i find what they do to be much less neoclassical than spawn of possession i don't know it's pretty fucking neoclassical it is pretty neoclassical i feel like it's just a lot more like metal so one thing that's very noticeable is spawn of possession plays a lot more in like classical keys like a lot of their stuff actually has a key, whereas Arcspire uh, experiments a lot more with dissonance, like a lot more. Mm. Um, so let's let's take a step back here. Yeah. Um, why don't we each state why we picked this album to be on our yeah, list? Absolutely. Like Britt, why did you pick this album? So this album is just a technical marvel. Um, it's not the most technical death metal album I've ever heard, but it no. is for bass, vocals, and drums. It's very technical, yeah. Uh, the vocalist is 
the most technical vocalist I've ever heard. Yeah, he's, is, a, he's a fucking beast. He, he's basically able, I mean, he's able to rap incredibly fast in gutturals. And mm-hmm. if you've ever done gutturals or rapped, you know that's like impossible for a human to do. It's really impressive. Yeah, like he is incredibly impressive. The bassist yeah. plays some of the coolest shit I've ever heard. He shreds. He does incredible tapping parts. Like he does stuff like... I, I find like what he does to be like very jazzy because mm-hmm. instead of just playing guitar parts, he plays a lot of like harmonic stuff. That's true. And, and he plays like a lot of guide tones that actually uh, determine like what the rest of the band is playing. in. And mm-hmm. so I, and so like I find what he does to make the band much less neoclassical and a lot more like blues slash jazz based. Yeah. Um, but every single member in the band is like one of the best in the world at what they do. Uh, yeah. The outcome is just incredibly clean, incredibly aggressive, and super polished technical death metal. Definitely. Where every single member gets a chance to shine yeah. all the time. They, yeah, that's all really true. That's a really good point. Like, yeah. it's, it's one of the few albums I've ever heard where I feel like every musician is always playing on 10 or 11 at yeah. all times mm-hmm. and it's not muddled. They don't step yeah, all over each they, other. They don't. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's very carefully constructed right. too. Whereas the big difference I feel between them and like spawn of possession is spawn of possession uses, I'd say more like dynamics, more quiet parts, more parts where just one guitar is playing stuff like that. And so they're not always on 10. They can always play on 10. I'm sure. But like arc spire is just one of the most aggressive mm-hmm. tech death bands I've ever heard. So one of one of the, my criticisms of the genre um, of technical death metal, mm-hmm. and if you've never listened to technical death metal, um, let me tell you that it is essentially extremely fast, extremely aggressive, and extremely like complex in terms of like the guitar, bass, and drum parts. That's yes. typically what it mm-hmm. is. Sometimes vocals. Mm-hmm. In this case, vocals. Not yes. every case. Um and as a result, a lot of tech death albums suffer by the by virtue of the fact that they are albums because yeah. it becomes extremely tiring mm-hmm. to listen to people that are, like you said, playing on 10 all the time. Mm-hmm. The reason I picked this album for my album of the year list and the reason I liked it as much as I did is because despite them doing what it is you said, mm-hmm. playing on 10, this album is not tiring to listen to. No, it's it not. is incredibly enjoyable to mm-hmm. listen to. It is just the right amount of melody. It's just the right amount of technicality. It's just the right amount of like dynamics, and it's the that, right amount of time too. I think the yeah. album's only like thirty-five minutes long. Or something yeah, like that. exactly. Like it, it's it, it doesn't oversee its welcome. Mm-hmm. In fact, if anything, I could I would love for it to be a little bit longer. Yeah, um, yeah I, could, but, I could take one more song. <clears> yeah, sure. yeah, one more song would be great. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear them do a cover. I think that would be fun. Like having like a bonus track that's like a cover. Of like an 80s song or something or like a, a, a song by death or something <laughs> yeah yeah sure you know, like like yeah. a, another like yeah beginner Th- that, that would be no. actually fun yeah yeah, yeah. Be really that'd cool. be fun yeah. um but yeah like d- despite all of those things like it, it, despite a lot of technical uh, technical death metal albums struggling mm-hmm. um to remain like interesting throughout because like think about it like this right no. if you've got like a guitar player playing like one of the fastest riffs in the world in the first song. Mm-hmm. Like how do you maintain that level of energy? Right. That's a, right. that's a problem that a lot of bands have tried to solve. Yeah. And I feel like this band solves it better than all of them in a yeah. lot of cases. Like yeah. they, they, they have a lot of dynamics in their music in the sense that like they're little like clean guitar breaks that are like pretty and nice. And there's like little, like, I don't know. The, the, the songs are, 
are they flow into each other really nicely. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a really it's a it's a really good example of the genre uh, yeah. at its peak at how good it can be. Right, and and actually, in as much, I would actually say this is big news here. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So for my top tech death albums of all time, mm-hmm. I think this takes the place of. Uh, my number three place, which used to be Spawn of Possessions, Noctambulant. Interesting. Yeah. That's that's bold. That's a bold that's statement. A very, I, I'm sure you can guess my one and two. Uh, uh yes, I bet I can. I would say uh, Atheist, Unquestionable Presence, and Cynics, uh, uh, Focus. Uh, no, those are progressive death metal. Okay. No tech death. <laughs> All right, so like classic tech death, like uh, like de- like you know stuff with gutturals and shit. Like okay, actual tech. Death. Oh man, I don't know, man. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's none so vile. Oh, number okay. one. Oh, interesting. I guess I that that wouldn't doesn't strike me as technical, but interesting. Okay. It's it's like supposed to be one of the founding. Like, yeah, tech I could see that albums. for sure. Um, I always consider that, it death grind, but that's just me. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I could like the guitars. One thing I like about that album in particular is the guitarist is the least talented member of the band. And I find hmm. that super interesting. That is interesting. He's yeah. really good though. He's, he's, really, he's really good. Take. It's just like flow. Yeah. But anyway, Anyways. so and, uh, <laughs> and, number two is uh, epitaph. Oh. Obviously. Yeah, it's, yeah, that I mean, makes sense. it's like a pop tech dude death yeah yeah album. uh necrophages epitaph is yeah. an incredible yeah. technical just, death metal album. In, just some insane. some might say the greatest of all time, would I think you'd say that? Would you? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say, like if you if we were gonna do like the tech death canon, mm-hmm. uh, there would be a lot of discussion around that one. Fair. I think yeah, yeah. to determine its place in like uh, yeah top it, top records for I, sure. I'd say that is oddly one of the more influential tech death albums in all of metal. Like oh yeah, I feel when that yeah. came out, like that's what spurred tech death being a thing. I feel. Like modern tech death, yeah. like becoming what it became. Yes, hundred yeah, like, percent. Like we wouldn't yeah. have gotten like uh, you know latter day dying fetus or decrepit birth or decrepit birth or well, I mean decrepit birth. Uh, that's what I meant actually. Yeah, decrepit yeah. birth, not dying fetus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, latter day decrepit birth or yeah. like um, fucking uh, the faceless without. That is one hundred percent true. The faceless. I mean, so that. you're saying that <laughs> the, the, the world would be a much better place. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, but yeah, like th- this album was like a really great surprise. Like if you've ever dabbled in in tech death, like mm-hmm. listen to this. It's essential. If you haven't before, this is an excellent introductory album to tech death. Like it is. Honestly, like I would say, this is as strong a recommendation for a first tech death album to listen to mm-hmm. as necrophagous epitaph for example yeah um because it, it is like a a perfect example of the genre in the sense yeah. of like this is the sort of thing this is the sort of feeling that every tech death band is trying to give you with their mm-hmm. album definitely like but this but this band and this album in particular they nailed it yeah it's perfect and like really it, it's it's really just like a good tech death album made by maybe on average one of the most technical bands that's ever existed. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, like every sure. single yeah. member of their band is a virtuoso at what they're doing. Yeah. They're very, very good. Like, and, oh, and like one other thing, one mm-hmm. other thing that made me like this album a lot um, is that I have seen this band live. Yes. And I can vouch that they can absolutely pull this off. Live. And actually uh, we are like, going to go see them live. I think they're going to be here in April. Namaste. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We are. That's going to be sick as fuck. Uh, but yeah, yeah uh, they so can absolutely are, pull it off. That's our albums of the year. 
Those are albums of the year. Yeah, do we want to yeah. talk uh, maybe some some honorable mentions? Some I things think that didn't quite make w- the cut, but we should. We really liked still. Definitely, I have a, a sh- very short list that yeah. I would like to talk I think about. I've got three, three of them. I, I think I have five, which okay. is crazy. Well, um, do you want to do yours first? Then? Yeah, I can bang through mine real quick. Nice. Um, it's a couple of honorable mentions. Um, mm-hmm. Firstly, this is an album that I almost put on my list, but I it just didn't quite get there for me and i listened to it a few times but mm-hmm. um convergent chelsea wolf's uh blood moon uh w- blood moon part one yeah I, um, I saw that that was released i haven't listened to it though uh it's uh it's really good mm-hmm. i think it's great i listened to it three times um and i really enjoyed it uh it's the one thing that's weird though is like when you hear like as a fan of both of those artists mm-hmm. when you hear converge is is collaborating with chelsea wolf to make an album, I guess like what I expected that to sound like and what it actually sounds like is very different. Fair. Um, Fair. And I would say that this album really doesn't sound much like either artist, Interesting. which is a weird I, thing. Yeah, I like both artists. I, I so, do too. Yeah, what I'm imagining is just like kind of like ethereal post-hardcore with very soaring vocals over it. And it's not really and that. Like heavy drums. No? It's, it's kind of that okay. in, at moments, but it's more like... It's it's more sludgy than I expected. There's more harsh vocals than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a different sort of a thing. It, it sounds like it. It sounds like something different for both artists, which is cool. And I did enjoy it. It's one of those ones where I feel like it might grow on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time of making my list, I was like, I don't know. Um, another one, Andrew WK's "God Is Partying," um, which is a there's a lot to say about that album, but ultimately, like I think that some a lot of the songs are very strong on that album, but some of the songs are not, and as a result, it made it a little difficult for me to recommend as one of my top picks. Mm-hmm. That said, it what Andrew WK is doing is important, yeah. and he's awesome, yeah. and the direction he is taking is fucking rad. And the production on the album is so good. Fucking like, good. It yeah. sounds and his, so good. His music videos for that record yeah. incredible. Yeah, he has he has like gained a new aesthetic and it's fucking cool. It's so fucking cool. Yeah. Like I would say as opposed to listening to that album, you should go watch all four of the music yeah. videos he released. Like he's, he's doing some like heavy metal vaporwave thing almost. It's really it's, interesting. It's like he's got a really unique yeah. aesthetic right now yeah. and like he this is also God is partying is the very first in in my opinion metal album that he has ever put out like it is a metal album yeah, it's and it's it's melodic death almost it's almost melodic death except metal, for yeah. the vocals yeah, like, yeah. and uh, yeah it, it's it's really interesting mm-hmm. y- y'all should listen to that Yeah, that's actually on my honorable mentions list as well awesome yeah yeah, yeah. totally very, um, very good album yeah, yeah yeah definitely recommended for sure um next one 200 stab wounds is the band and the album mm-hmm. is called slave to the scalpel killer um this so this album and the uh the uh suffering hour record was the ones that i was going back and forth on constantly as to which one to include on my top list mm-hmm. uh this is a great death metal album it is one of the one of the few great death metal albums from this year uh i think it's awesome if you like really sludgy nasty gross riffs mm-hmm. you should listen to this album it's got some gross riffs Hell yeah. it's rad uh next up speaking of gross riffs malignant alters realms of exquisite morbidity that's a great album title it is um now this album i have actually not listened to all the way through oh i've only listened to it i listened to most of the songs most of the songs once uh, sorry about that i don't know what happened there uh so 
<laughs> uh, anyways, um, the reason why I'm recommending it, it has the drummer and guitar player from Insect Warfare, and they made a death metal band. No shit. That's important. That's pretty cool. You should listen to that album. No. Um, I <clears throat> plan on listening to it a bunch more times. Y'all should too. Lastly, and certainly not least, uh, this is an album that would have made my list if I had listened to it earlier, but I listened to it last week, mm-hmm. so it was l- too late to swap out a record for uh, at this point, and that is Year of No Lights, Consolamentum. Um, Year of No Light is a band I've liked for a really long time. They're amazing. They're like a post-sludge doom band. I don't know. There are a lot of things, but this album is awesome, and it ends with a super long blast beat part, and it's amazing, and it's a killer record. They're an incredible band. You should listen to them. Britt, what you got? Um, I've got a few albums for you. Uh, on my honorable mentions list this year, I will start out with Esperaldas, uh, sorry, Esperanza Spalding's, uh, Songwrites Apothecary Lab. Whoa. Now she's been on my, uh, radar for a long time. She's a, um, a vocalist and bassist Mm -hmm. and she plays an amazing upright bass, amazing electric bass, just a great composer. Like, honestly, she's almost like, just like the, the female Thundercat, I'd say. Like oh, in, in terms of what she right. does musically, like love Thundercat. Yeah, Thundercat's amazing, but yeah, it's definitely like what she does is almost always rooted in like jazz. But like this album's very diverse, and uh, she teams up with like a lot of different composers, and it's definitely like I, I'd say not like purely a jazz album, like most of the stuff she's released before. But uh, mm-hmm. gotta gotta give love to the other solo bassists releasing stuff. That sounds interesting. Uh, really great album. Um, another one, and I saw this on several top lists as the number one was uh, Floating Points, Pharaoh Sanders, and the London Symphony Orchestra's Promises. I, and so what it's is a, that? a collaboration between uh, Floating Points, who's like a British electronic producer, okay. makes stuff that's like, I mean, he makes a lot of stuff, but I'd say like he's rooted almost in like trip hop type stuff. Very, very British sound. Jamiroquai adjacent. Ish. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Pharaoh Sanders, who is a saxophone player, amazing okay. saxophone player, and the London Symphony Orchestra. Wow. And uh, it, it's a really interesting, diverse album that's like, I mean, I feel like the orchestra takes a weird backseat and almost only does like atmospheres for this album while Floating Point lays on these heavy beats and Pharaoh Sanders like dances around it with the sax the whole time. It's an awesome album. Highly recommended. As you said, uh, Andrew WK's uh, God is Partying. Hell yeah. Is amazing. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's they, a really cool album. Gosh, I had one more here. One sec. Um, yeah, the Andrew WK record is like just oh, really awesome. Yeah, and then uh, the last one uh, I'd recommend is uh, uh, Cavalcade by Black Midi. Oh, I, you heard Black I have heard Black I didn't the, realize the, they had a new one. Yeah, there was a lot of hype uh, coming out around this one back when it came out in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I feel like it like kind of floated away, and I didn't see it on a ton of like top lists. Because like the but the, it's a good album. The record like, that they put out before this one, I think, mm-hmm. was on my top list for that year. I, yeah. I really liked that yeah, album, so, and I forget the name of it yeah, entirely. So but. unfortunately, they don't have the saxophone player that they did on this mm-hmm. album, and that that was like one of my favorite parts. But yeah, like it's. <clears throat> Still super competent. That's like the that's cool. Really awesome songwriting. Uh, really, just like the keyboards are really what stands out to me in Black Midi. Like they play some really interesting parts, and I feel like it's a keyboard led band. Um, yeah, yeah, super super. Well, cool. that's awesome. I'm I'm re- actually like adding that to my music library right yeah. now. I'm really excited to listen to that. Yeah, that's super cool. I 
would have listened to that ahead of time. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, well, that's, that's amazing. It's our albums of the year. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. We did it. We that's did it. Fucking rules. We talked Dude. about, uh, 28 albums plus. I, mean, I, I just want to give a big shout out to everybody who called in and left voicemails. Yes. Uh, you're all amazing. So we much. love you all. Um, uh, thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. Right. And, uh, also for, uh, everyone we asked to uh, mm-hmm. call, uh, in, but didn't, uh, you're on our list. Yeah. You're, we're going to check it twice too. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm stoked to listen to more music in 2022. Yeah, looking forward to another good year of music. I'd say this was a good year of music. It was a great year of music. Like, especially yeah. for like all the odd stuff that happened and how were we we were in a pandemic and like people weren't playing live or anything. It's mm-hmm. great, great to be able to hear good new music yeah. without having to go out and risk your life for it, you know? 100%. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that when we started this, I was a little more down on this year in music, but... Having listened to all of the things recommended by our guests and you and like... But that's because kind of, you only listen to death metal. <laughs> I mean, I don't only listen to death but, metal, but yes. Oh, well, kind of. <laughs> hey, it's hard to find good recommendations for other kinds of music. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie. Like, I already know the extreme metal world, right? So it's, like, it's right. easy for me to find new music in that world yeah. that I want to listen to. You just but, go on like Metal Sucks and look at their album reviews. I don't look at Metal Sucks and album reviews. That's fair. Um, but... Uh, that being said, uh, I came away from this feeling transformed. Interesting. I just came from this. That's it. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Um, yeah. All over the place. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty good. Um, don't stop coming. Yeah. Uh, this has been Britain. And this has been Spencer. You've been listening to uh, Get an Album in and of the Year cast. Uh, uh, go stick a fuck stick up your asshole, dick face. Fuck you. <laughs>